Welcome to my first audio lecture on warm-up and cool-down. I'm going to make this as short as I possibly can because I think the last thing either one of us wants to hear is me droning on for, for a long periods of time. So um, from the materials, I hope it's apparent that the structure of the warm-up is a myofascial release, two to three minutes, general cardiovascular warm-up lasting five to ten minutes, and a specific warm-up lasting three to eight minutes. Um, you'll notice in the ACSM textbook that this isn't something that's mentioned, muscle massa massage or myofascial release, um, but there is research that indicates that um, including muscle massage before engaging in physical activity reduces the risk of injury. So if we recall back to uh, chapter five uh, on, uh, I guess it was, or the anatomy, something like that, um, fascia covers muscles. Um, and it, it covers the different parts of the muscles. So you've got the epimysium, the paramysium, the endomysium, which are all different layers of fascia. When you're born, this is a, in pristine condition with really smooth, organized collagen. Um, but as you age or as your client age and uh, we experience injury, uh, the body lays down new collagen that is less organized, um, less pliable, and this is the scar tissue. The scar tissue is thick and it's not pliable and it restricts the range of motion. So in theory, foam rolling is kind of like a rolling pin, right? So you're, um, when you roll out some dough with a rolling pin, it gets thinner and thinner and thinner and more pliable. This is the same theory um, applies to the foam rolling or to the muscle massage. The more that you lay, uh, the more that you um, kind of assault your <laughs> fascia with uh, different tools, the more you encourage the fibers to lay down in a manner the way they were organized before the injury. So these tools kind of smooth and stretch the scar tissue, which in turn results in an increased range of motion to the, to the muscles, to the joint. Um, if you don't know much about myofascial release, muscle massage, or if you want to learn more about it, there's information and links for you in Canvas about uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the second part of the, the warm-up is the general cardiovascular warm-up. Um, you should prescribe this at 50, 50 to 60% heart rate max, or you can prescribe it at light to moderate intensity. Uh, the purpose of the general cardiovascular warm-up is to increase the heart rate, increase the tissue temperatures. When we're at rest, the blood is mostly in our organs, so we need to move that blood out to, the, um, to our muscles. So uh, it's, it, it, the warm-up circulates blood from our organs to the periphery, so our arms and our legs, the muscles of our arms and our legs. Um, and by including a general cardiovascular warm-up, we are reducing the risk of a cardiovascular event in our more um, vulnerable populations. Um, you achieve this through uh, cardio, uh, light cardiovascular exercise on an equipment or outside. So treadmill, walking, jogging, elliptical, light to moderate intensity, a bike, light to moderate intensity, a walk or a jog outside um, for five to 10 minutes. Uh, the third part of a warm-up is the specific warm-up. This includes flexibility and neuromotor. So first I'm going to talk about the flexibility. We've got two different types really, active and passive stretching. So uh, depending on the activity, you can select whether you're going to do active or passive stretching. With active stretching, we've got the agonist working to pull the antagonist into a stretch position. So for example, if I'm laying on my back and I want to stretch my hamstring, I would uh, contract my quad to pull my leg into flexion, hip flexion, and that would put my hamstring on stretch. 
Um, passive means I'm totally relaxed. I can achieve this with a partner, with a band, or with gravity. So to use the hamstring as an example, again, I could lay on my back, relax my quad, and pull my hamstring into hip, I could pull my leg into hip flexion to stretch my quad with my hands, with a band. I could have a partner do it, or I could just let gravity do it depending on how um, flexible I am. Um, there are four different types of stretching specified by the ACSM book. Uh, the first one is static stretching. Um, you would prescribe it using the FITVP principle, so uh, frequency, intensity, time, type, volume, progression. All of that is for you in the book. The only time you wouldn't really use static stretching in um, spe specifically a warm-up would be um, before power or strength. So there's something known as the length tension relationship uh, between the actin and myosin filaments that compose each uh, muscle fiber. Uh, when the, the fewer the interactions between the actin and myosin, uh, the less force the muscle can generate. So this means when you put the muscle into a stretch position, you're pulling the actin and myosin apart from one another. As a result, there aren't as many links to pull it into uh, a contraction state so that you, uh, you can't generate the force that you would if you had a more advantageous number of links between the actin and myosin. So um, this is why we don't generally do static stretching before, let's say, Olympic lifting or sprinting because you don't want to reduce the power output of your uh, client or your athlete. Dynamic stretching is using movement to put the, the muscle into a stretch. You use five to 12 stretches uh, or motions going uh, progressively uh, harder in intensity. Uh, this is an excellent to include and it can double as a neuromotor or uh, part of the specific warm up in some cases. Um, ballistic stretching is kind of like a rapid or jerky bouncing past or at the end range of motion. This is not a type of stretch that's uh, recommended for a normal person. This is something that you would use on an athlete, specifically power athletes or somebody like a gymnast where this type of motion is required for, in the sport. Um, the last type of stretching is PNF stretching, which is perhaps the most effective type of stretching, but it can also be dangerous, so you need to be knowledgeable. Um, PNF uses contractions to disable the protective reflexes of the the Golgi tendon organ and the muscle spindles, which you should have also read about in chapter five, the neuro, neurological system, um, it, that, that part of the flexibility measurement um, readings. So PNF is basically completely partner assisted. It's accomplished through, this is why it's important that you know what you're doing. You're disabling these protective mechanisms. So if you're doing it incorrectly, you could potentially hurt your client. For those of you who are interested in athletic training, physical therapy, strength and conditioning, um, I think this is maybe something that you can spend a little bit more, more time becoming familiar with so you can improve your skills. Um, for all of you, you should know the differences among hold, relax, contract, relax, contract, relax with antagonist contraction. Um, and I've got links for all of this kind of, all of this stuff for you to see different uh, demonstrations to be able to tell the difference between the different types of stretching. All of that is available for you on, on Canvas. Uh, the last part of the, the warm-up is the neuromotor warm-up. So the exercises you select for this will depend on the activity your client is preparing for. So for example, if you're having a client prepare for heavy squats, it might be appropriate to start with air squats, move two squats with a bar, then start loading weight so they can do squats, and they end with, um, so they'll work up progressive in intensity by percentage where they end at their working weight. 
Um, for somebody who's preparing to run, you might prescribe skipping, lunging, hopping to get those same muscles that they're going to need for the running, get those uh, neural pathways primed for the activity. If you're, say, preparing um, a team for sport, like a soccer team, you'd want to include all those same things for running, so skipping, lunging, hopping, but you'd also want to include things like passing and shooting, again, to prime the neural pathways for the activity. Uh, the cool down's a little bit easier. You're just going to basically prescribe the same thing you did for a warm-up, so uh, light to moderate intensity, five, five, five to ten minutes, uh, just to basically do the opposite, decrease the heart rate, decrease the tissue temperature, get the blood going from the periphery back to uh, the organs. Um, and then uh, you can follow that up with some static stretching. That's probably the best time to do some static stretching. Uh, dynamic is more to prepare for activity. Ballistic is more pre to prepare for activity. So in a cool down, you're looking more at static and you're looking more at PNF. Um, I hope this was helpful. I'm going to jump on Anchor now because I feel like a legit podcaster. I'm going to add music to this and I'm going to knock your socks off.